TTB Music Podcast. Happy August. Crikey, have you started? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad though you don't have to lean towards yours. No, that's good, that's know. good. I have to say for the be- benefit of the uh, listeners, the uh, the studio's a little sexier today. Yeah. <laughs> the double bed's out, what's, just in case we bed? get frisky. <laughs> Not a chance. Anyway. Yeah, maybe there's some music to put us in the mood. <laughs> This month we have uh, Ghost Notes from Veruca Salt, Something More Than Free by Jason Isbell, Venus by Joy Williams, The Blade by Ashley Monroe, Currents by Tamian Parlat, and Born Into The Echoes, I've been calling it Born Into Echoes, it has to be said, uh, by The Chemical Brothers. For your delights. So we're going to start off with a bit of indie rock, yeah. and uh, a band who uh, came around in the mid-90s, made a couple of albums... Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then three members of the band left for various reasons, uh, leaving uh, just Louise Post in the band, who grabbed a few more people into the band and made another, another two or three albums after after that, before eventually giving up the ghost. Uh, so anyway, this is their fifth album, because of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, first to feature the original lineup uh, since their second album back in 1997. Gosh. Produced by Brad Wood, who produced their debut album, American Thighs. Uh, he's also produced Smashing Pumpkins, Placebo, Liz Fair, and various other people. So, uh, is it a welcome return for Veruca Saltbeat? Yeah. Yeah, I like this album. Yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, what I like about it is, uh, <laughs> you know, let's get this one put on a t-shirt. It, it sounds like it comes straight from, from that, that, that period, you know what I mean, that era. Yeah, it's straight out of the mid nineteen nineties. It's classic. It's like classic thing when, when we criticise people. If yeah, don't, we criticise people. people that, we criticise people that don't move on. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm going like to refer back also... to this kind of uh, in a yeah, spoiler alert in a in a review we do shortly. Yeah, um, but not in the way you think. And but but in this case, I'm, I'm all for it. I was like, yeah, this is brilliant. This is just a slice of nineteen ninety five dropped into twenty fifteen back into my life it's it, you know but it doesn't actually, sound out of place but no, doesn't sound out of place and actually works and um what refreshing to hear the original lineup you know and to to actually believe that <laughs> these women are still 20 years younger oh, <laughs> certainly from the lyrical content you know um this actually does sound like a group of kids singing classic indie rock from from the 90s and it's not it's not a comeback in that the, the the, you know, they're now all grown up, mature, and singing about different things. It's all the same stuff. <laughs> it is, really, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and they get away with it somehow. It's genius. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it really enjoyed the opening. Opening, I'd say, and again, it's, it's an album of three thirds, as always, another T-shirt. Yeah. Um, and, and opening third, brilliant. Middle third, you know, tailed off a bit. Uh, final third, brilliant again. Yeah, it's, uh, before, before you say that, I would say... But one of my issues with the album is is that it's fifty five minutes long. Yeah, at forty minutes, it could have been it could a have very been, very good album. It could have been a blistery album. Um, so, so instead of being a very good album, it's a good album. And um, as I say, opening tracks, the gospel according to Saint Me and Black and Blonde sort of really take you back to that that era of of indie rock. Um, 
and then other standout tracks for me. You get, you get the empty, uh, the softer ones like Empty Bottle, yeah, and um, uh, and Triage, which really is back into grunge territory. Yeah, I like Triage. Yeah, I like Triage a lot, and and actually clo closing couple of tracks as well. Um, you know, good good closing tracks for for an album of this type. As you say, probably could have just lost some of the flab in the middle. I really am nitpicking though. It's, I think it's a good album. Yeah, I agree. I, I was pleasantly surprised by this record. I mean, the American Thighs, the debut album, was one of my favourite albums of the the 90s in the indie rock kind mm. of uh, genre. And uh, I was quite disappointed when they split up after their sec second album. Um, the exact reasons for that have been uh, never totally re revealed, although Stolen Boyfriends were allegedly <laughs> one of the re reasons. Um <clears throat> But at that time, I kind of picked sides. I definitely kind of uh, stuck with Nina Gordon and followed her solo career and got both her solo albums um, and abandoned the, as the band now call it, the Veruca Starship yeah. albums. Right. Uh, which I quite like uh, with Louise Post. Um, but I'm glad the Hatchets have been buried and they're back together because I think their voices always worked quite well together. Yeah. And I think, again, works a treat, as you say, Gospel According to Me is a cracking opening track. Black and Blonde, interestingly, is actually was actually appeared on uh, Nina Gordon's first solo album. You're right. Um, which I suddenly can't remember the title of, despite the fact I own it. Uh, and it's quite interesting. Uh, Tonight and the rest of my life, it was going to annoy me then if I didn't get it. Is the album called? Um, but it's interesting they've chosen to put it on this album because it's quite a bitter song and it was actually written about Louise, nice. Louise, Louise Post. It has, <laughs> has, has a line in it, I'm the greatest fucking yeah. thing that ever happened to you. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's quite a nice that, that they decide to stick, kind of, you know, reclaim it as a, as a band song. That's, that's like the Beatles getting back together and doing How Do You Sleep. You know, like, yeah, I like exactly, yeah. <laughs> And yeah, so that's that's great. I say I really liked uh, the songs you mentioned as well. I always also like one of the shortest ones, "Laughing in the Sugar Bowl," which is just a, a great one. It has counting and A B C Ds and stuff in it. It's great. Uh, overall, yeah, very pleased with it. There was, it was a really good indie rock record. Mm. And in fact, the, the only slightly annoying thing I'd say about it is the fact that uh, regular listeners will know we've. I regularly we spent five six years trying to yeah, we find really yeah. good indie rock music yeah from like now new bands yeah and have struggled yeah at a, a time when when other bands that we were championing five or six or, or longer years ago had sort of gone off a bit um no names um <laughs> but uh, the um the arctic monkeys aside um yes exactly yeah the, the, yeah it's exactly the point here's a band from that era that's still doing um, still doing that that classic indie rock sound and are doing it well and getting away with it. I mean, even the Blur album, which we both liked, um, yeah, uh, was a, it was a great Blur album. It did reference the past, but it was very much a Blur album from 2015. Yeah, if that if that's a comparison, I know it's not genrely the same, but if that's a good comparison to make. So yeah, really pleased with this album. Um, I'm just so so pleased they got back together. So moving on, yeah, and. Uh, Jason Isbell, something more than free. Uh, this is his fifth solo album. Uh, this is made since he left the Drive By Truckers. Um, interestingly, wow, he's been productive, hasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> interesting. Well, the most interesting things about this, this is this was a classic thing in in 2013 when we were struggling for albums to like. Mm. Or uh, actually, no, 2013 was a good year, wasn't it? 
it's personal ball. Um, it, it's an absolute joy to listen to, and it, you feel like you're on a journey when you're listening to an album like this, and you're on a journey with the singer, and it, it, is, it was just fantastic. And uh, you've mentioned all the good tracks, so I, I think I butted in at Speed Track Town, which is one of my favourites, and uh, Hudson Commodore as well, the story of the girl just, you know, yeah, leaving some flyborn fly fly bomb backwater and, and just getting out of there and living a good life at the expense of something else and uh really really good really good stories and uh and obviously 24 frames the idea for that is you know is it's very personal as well and uh it's, it's, it's just a, well, a beautiful record yeah yeah go jason yeah yeah D didn't you tweet about it this week this one or uh, did you retweeted um I retweeted someone that we saw. Angelina Presley. Yeah, yeah. Who, who we were coming on to like, like, very shortly yeah. in relation to another yeah, we'll, album we'll, review. We'll park, we'll park Angelina. Sorry, Angelina. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, she, 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 retweet, she tweeted uh, a big thumbs up for this record. Yeah, yeah. So I, I retweeted her thumbs agree. up. Smashed it. Yeah. Mm. So we move on. Um, and we move on sticking with... Um, you would have thought sticking on the kind of country-ish vein in some ways, but not. Um, we have the first solo album uh, from Joy Williams since the breakup of her, uh, her partnership uh, with John Paul, hmm. whatever his name was, White, um, in the Civil Wars. Uh, so, but this is actually her fifth solo album, because before she joined the Civil Wars, she'd made uh, four albums of kind of Christian music, essentially. Uh, so very... God Squaddy lyric, lyri lyrically, mm. which I think she'd tired. I think she's still obviously a Christian, but I think she'd kind of tired of um, the kind of constraints on her writing that singing to that kind of music had. Mm. Um, so instead, she's recorded this album, uh, which I think we can say is neither a typical <laughs> Christian record or. Another Civil Wars record, is it? Mm, no, it's neither of those things. And, and uh, to be honest with you, I think what lets this record down is is it, exactly where does it does it sit? There's a number of um, influences clearly drawn upon and and and, and drawn into this record. Um, I, I can't. I don't know if it's trying to be a pop record at times. Uh, I think it certainly is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but not but not quite reaching those heights. Uh, I don't know if it's trying to be, um, you know, a soul record. It it it, it has a lot of potential, and, and you know what? If if it'd been honed and crafted, and oh my goodness, you know, I, I, it's all comes back down to the production, doesn't it? Um, the thing that we usually don't say, mm. or we say the opposite. I'm now saying the opposite. Um, it, it just I just felt it it meandered a little. Um, of all the records we reviewed this month, um, this was probably my least favourite. Yeah, uh, and and I'm probably being overly critical because up against other stuff that we've reviewed, it's a good, it's alright, it's a <coughs> solid album. But, yeah, uh, it, I think I think it just lacks something. That said, on the positive side, um, really enjoyed some of the lyric, lyrics, um, some of the songs. Yes, yeah, so there's clearly, there's clearly yeah. some of the some of the lyrics that are clearly pointed in the way of the uh, Civil War's breakup. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and again, it's the, it's the best songwriting we seem to be covering at the moment. Certainly, in the last few months comes from a very personal vein of songwriting that um, is is prevalent at the moment. So, so yeah, some of the best stuff there. Um, but this one didn't float for me. 
Yeah, I understand what you're saying, actually, because, again, again, it is, as you say, it's, it's, um... It's a bit Kate Bushy at times. Mm-hmm. Um, before I sleep, open track, as you can imagine, um, being done by Kate... Even, even, uh, woman, you could imagine, yeah. um, being done by Kate yeah. Bush. Yeah, sure. Uh, and it has that kind of feel occasionally, and then it kind of goes off on slight kind of tangents, as you say, it kind of moves towards so I mean, apparently she's you know, good buddies with uh, Mr. Timberlake, who mm. got her connected to the bloke who co-wrote half the album and mm. produced it. Um, but again, I mean, I, I quite like Woman, actually, but for me, the, the songs that I like the most are the ones, funnily enough, that are lyrically clearly aiming towards what's happened. Uh, so One Day I Will and What a Good Woman Does, I think are both really great lyrically mm. uh, and about that kind of kind of hurt and kind of pain mm. you get with any kind of kind of breakup. Yeah. Um, so I think when it's doing that, it works quite well. Um, but I tend to agree with you that overall, it, there's, some, there's something, I don't know what it is, that's kind of missing from it that really needed it for it to gel for me yeah and for it to be something that I'd, that I'd go oh yes I'm going to go back to this and this is something that I'm going to want to be putting on mm. as an album yeah again and again and it's similarly for you it was probably the album uh, of the six we're dealing with this podcast that mm. I probably liked the least yeah I won't I won't probably won't listen to this again but uh, I'm not saying you shouldn't you should just listen to it once. <laughs> I listen to it three or four yeah. times. Yeah, no, you should, listen to it. you should listen to all albums three or four times. Yeah. Before dismissing them. Doing research. <laughs> so, moving on. And and moving uh, definitely back to country this time. Uh, with the third solo album from Ashley Monroe. It's called The Blade. Uh, similarly, her, we didn't review her last album, um, which was also a very highly highly critically raved about record uh, again it was lost in the ether somewhere uh, for those who don't know she's also recorded two albums with Miranda Lambert and the aforementioned Angelina Presley as the Pistol Annies. and obviously we saw Angelina Borderline, uh, borderline last, week. Last, last week she was brilliant she by the way she was very 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 good and did very yeah. well considering that she, she was basically playing with a Put together band of Brits who yeah. obviously hadn't had that long to learn the no material. And do you know what? They all gel. They all gelled as well. That was a, that was a good little band. Yeah, it was all right. right. It was, yeah. And she was a good laugh. Yeah, she was a good laugh, which always helps. It doesn't do. <laughs> but back to Ashley Monroe herself, <laughs> rather than her. This is this is uh, for me. For me, this this album is partly summed up by. Um, there's a, there's a line in the opening song which says, "I'm I'm better dancing when I'm not looking down," which I kind of I kind of like. Um, amen to that. Yeah. Uh, and so this is a line from the rather poptastic opening track on the album, uh, "Onto Something Good," mm. um, co-written by a, one of the co-writers actually was Luke Laird, who uh, one of the co-producers and writers on the Casey Musgraves album. Yeah. Um, in a way, it's quite it's quite funny that that's the opening track because it would give, in a way it gives you a false idea of what the album's about. Cause this is a big kind of poppy number, mm. and then the rest of the album is actually probably as varied as you can get within while staying within the kind of confines of 
country music because you've yeah. got kind of um country blues you've got kind of elvis almost kind of country country kind of yeah. thing you've got some very trad country and western yeah kind of kind of, kind of stuff but um all of which she handles handles well she's got a voice that reminds me a lot of kind of dolly parton's that kind yeah. of that yeah. kind of country voice yeah sort of that and my I'm going to say what my problem is with the album before I kind of actually come back and say I actually do like it. My problem with the album is, is I think it could have been structured better. I think the running the running order could have been perhaps yeah, okay. done no, to, to kind of tell more of a story. Yeah. Because whilst, whilst, whilst it's not meant to be a concept album and be telling a story, yeah. if you examine the lyrics in quite a lot of the songs, you could actually make one yeah. from what you've got. Um so I think the album could have flowed better by changing the running order. That aside, it has to be said, the songs themselves are, with the exception of a couple of tracks maybe, universally good. Hmm. Good mixture of stuff. Uh, she's got some good co-writers in help, helping her, um, including Jesse Alexander, who we saw at the Country to Country thing at the O2. Oh, yeah. Uh, who co-writes uh, on, I think, three or four of the songs on here. Yeah. Also, uh, the second track of the album, I Buried Your Love Alive, also one of my favourite tracks on the yes. album, was co-written by uh, Matresha Berg, who I'm a big fan of. Mm. Um, and the album's produced by uh, Vince Gill, who's a country legend himself, who also co-wrote uh, Weight of the Load, which is the fourth track on the album. Also a good one. Mm. Bizarrely, Wait, it's good. Yeah, bizarrely, one of the best tracks on the album is one that she had nothing to do with, which is the title track, The Blade. Mm. Um which I like this because it has that kind of thing of like you know, you caught it by the handle, um, I caught it by the blade, uh, and I think that's the kind of thing. Again, it's that kind of relationship thing of you know, someone always gets screwed. Mm. Yeah, someone always gets the good end of the sticks and gets yeah. the bad end of the stick kind of thing. Uh, similarly, in the song, I think is it uh, winning streak. It's that one one where it's uh, it's talking about. Uh, if losing is a game, I'm on a winning streak, which is a bit like the, you know, if it wasn't for bad luck, I've had no luck at all kind of mm. sentiment. And that song itself has a, is a good kind of uh, Elvis-style yeah. country rocker. Uh, and, uh, it's it, yeah, it's, it's hard to say anything more than the fact that it's just actually, again, it's just a nice collection of well-written songs, interesting lyrics, mostly about pain and misery. <laughs> it has to be said. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from on, on something good, the opening track. Although yeah. even then, you could say, you could you could argue that's not perhaps no, you know. Uh, so it's it's kind of what country music should be about. Yeah, really. no, it is about pain and misery. Yeah. Through, so, through. so yeah. So I'm I'm I'm, ha I'm happy to give it a thumbs up and add, yeah. add, it, add it to add it to my good country list. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a good country. There's some good there's some good southern god fearing in this album as well. Oh yeah. Uh, we were talking. We, we mentioned Christian rock a moment ago. There's some good old fashioned. Lord, in in this throughout. This if the record. devil don't want me, where do the yeah, where the exactly. hell do I go? That's that's, that's one of my favourite lines and, in the and, album. And she broke the fifth commandment as well. Uh, I'm going to have to look that up. <laughs> I hope it's not murder. Uh, so you know, it's uh, so there we go. Um, it yeah, again nitpicking. Um, for me, you've touched on it. It's it's the way this album varies from some subgenre to subgenre. It brushes up against new country at times, and I, I don't like that. I, yeah. That's personal preference. I just don't like that. And it, it does brush up against that sometimes in a way that the Casey Musgrave album skillfully avoids uh, and remains brilliant, sort of pop country or whatever you want to call it now. But, um, yeah, it, it, 
it, it sort of it sort of moves drifts from style to style um and yeah it's another it feels like a longer album than 46 minutes as well so it, it could have, it, it, could have it, lost it a does, couple of tracks yeah i agree with you i mean there. 46 minutes is perfectly acceptable length for an album but it just could have lost a couple of tracks somewhere but um yeah uh great tracks you've mentioned all the, the good ones <laughs> again um i'd throw in dixie of course as well and yeah. uh, mayflowers really enjoyed mayflowers two good co- two good country country Real songs. country country songs exactly you know I'll, I'll take april showers if i get mayflowers and being the yeah. general theme um so that's that's good fine by me so yeah um not yeah i, I preferred the um the jason isbel album yes if i'm honest i prefer the angelina presley album that we've previously reviewed I would agree with uh, that. So, so as I said, for those reasons. But uh, yes, it's a, it's a good album. Sue, moving on to Australia. Time in parlour, mate. Yeah. Sorry. Not not a good day for Australia at the moment. <laughs> no, it isn't. Is it, Alison? <laughs> no, it really, really isn't. I mean, you know. Don't mention what, the what was, it, what was it? Let's mention the score again. Let's let's crystallise this moment. Australia all right for 60 I believe yeah, yeah. That, that really dates the podcast for future yeah. generations um, so there you go so moving on <laughs> moving off <laughs> yeah third album from uh, Tame Impala uh, and one where they have moved more electronic <laughs> you know, I'll say <laughs> Does does it work for you though, Pete? <laughs> of course, it bloody does. <laughs> I really enjoy this album. Surprise, effing surprise. <laughs> um, no, this, I, I really, I probably enjoy this more than the previous <laughs> previous two records. One of which I do remember us reviewing. Um, no, this it had it had a lot going on. This album was clearly. <laughs> A homage to all that sort of eighties and nineties dance music that I like. <laughs> yes, but done well, and not done in a way that, um, that completely overtook what what they're about or what the album's about. I actually thought that it was actually it, it shifted, it did subtly shift from style to style as well. Maybe you pick that up. Um, uh, but it, it, I thought it was done. I thought it was done very well. Um, brilliant opening. Let it happen. Yes, yeah, almost eight minutes of... Almost eight minutes, but it doesn't of, feel like eight minutes. No, of uh, pop uh, loveliness. Pop loveliness. If you like Hot Chip, you'll like Let It Happen. Um, in fact, this is the Hot Chip album we didn't quite get this year, I think. I was a little bit disappointed with that Hot Chip album. Yeah, we this, a couple yeah months that's ago. quite a good album. Yeah, yeah this is almost the Hot Chip that, album yeah, we haven't nice. had. Um, and and, and the, the brilliant moments in there, including the moment, obviously. Um, there, there was. I'm trying to think, think which one it was. I'm gonna I'm gonna to come to past life in a moment because I've got something very special to say about that, um, <laughs> but I can't remember if it was um, yes I'm changing or eventually I got a real Pet Shop Boys flashback to 1990. Um, sure, eventually there's some guitar in eventually. Yeah, yeah, no, so no, that's, no, that's the first time a guitar appeared. Well, I think that was the first time a guitar appeared in a Pet Shop Boys album. To be to be fair, Johnny Marr on guitar, uh, so that was good. Um, <laughs> So eventually the follow-up album to Actually. Actually, indeed. Indeed, yes, you get it. You get it. Because um, I'm a Man. Because I'm a Man's great. Because I'm a Man's great. Right, Past Life and Because I'm a Man. Okay, oh, here's my case. Would be both brilliant Prince records. 
Well, because my man reminds me of something else. And I, I kind of annoy, every time I hear it, I kind of think, mm. sure somebody's recorded that before. Uh, for me, I'm sure he's just nicked, off, nicked the tune off somebody. For me, it was Prince, circa 1993. You know, I could I could just see him sort of like doing doing that one. And obviously, past life has just got that <laughs> weird voiceover in it. Which well, I, I couldn't get over. A past life disciples, because uh, a man and reality emotion are possibly my favourite. Yeah, it's possibly my favourite section of the album. I, 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 and I would agree. I think the second half, apart from the first couple of tracks, all right, first two or three tracks maybe, the, the second half of this album is better. Yes. Yeah, uh, and it, you know, to the point where we get to love paranoia, new person, and same old mistakes. Um, you actually think I've actually listened to a really good record. Um, whereas some of those tracks I mentioned a moment ago were perhaps the Pet Shop Boys references aside were perhaps the weaker or softer end of the album uh, but past life I, I could just imagine Prince doing that and actually narrating the, the part of the guy on the phone talking about yeah my lover I can see what you're doing there yeah, yeah you see why you see where yeah. you see where I'm going like that yeah bit of Prince yeah. no okay what did you think it's an album that's growing on me slowly. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> uh, but but in a way, I, I think like their first album, mm. it's an album that I don't think I'm going to get past. Just thinking is good, okay, as opposed to uh, Lonerism, which is their last album, which I I loved. Um, I don't know why. I mean, it's, like I said, the second half of the album, particularly as I said, is is it's very, it's very good. Uh, there's still some great tunes in it, but I got slightly kind of not bored isn't the right right word, but there were several moments, particularly probably from the moment down to past life, where it could have been on one track, really, uh, as far as I was concerned. And it was a bit, I was a bit kind of like, hmm, where does where does this start? Where's that song stop? Where's this? Is there anything going on there? Mm. Isn't this just the repeat of what's happened before? Uh, but not in a good way. Mm. But there's enough there to make it worth coming back to. Yeah. So, so start, I'd let it happen as you say at the start, and Nangs straight after it, which I quite like. Like that makes kind of hooks you in enough to make you stay with it because you know that past life disciples. Because I'm a man, reality and emotion are going to be there towards the end. Yeah. So because of that, I will listen to this again. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It draws you back in. It repeats. It it, it rewards on repeat listening. Yes. And it it does repeats indeed. on yourself. It repeats on yourself. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of repeating on yourself, we come to the oh, Chemical Brothers. Good link. <laughs> Born into the Echoes. <laughs> the eighth album uh, from. Um, Simmons and Roland. Roland's. Mm. Uh, yeah. This has taken me a while as well. First, okay. first couple of listens to this, I wasn't uh, very sure about uh, how kind or not I was going to be to this album. Because uh, there was quite a bit that was annoying me the first time I listened to it, first couple of times I listened to it. <laughs> However... I was trying to see. I was trying to see through the negative, <laughs> the, ne- the ne- negative, and back to what we were saying earlier on. The the thing where you can be on one hand mm. uh, praising someone for making a record that sounds like they did, 
20 years ago. I'm going to come back to that in a moment. And then on the other hand, yeah. criticising someone for making a record that sounds like they did 20 years ago. Um, however, Tom and Ed are both very talented guys. And so I'm always happy to listen to anything they, they do. You know, they were there, the kind of along with people like Orbital, uh, so that they were there at the start of this whole EDM movement that has now become mainstream, essentially. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, uh, their version of it, whilst leaning into mainstream, mm. also has its edge still. Uh, I think the edge is there simply because their inventive kind of uh, multi-layered kind of instrument that instrumentation within the kind of uh, electronic sphere and interesting melody lines that occasionally, like great jazz and classical music, kind of mm. almost verge on the edge of sounding out of tune. Yeah. And <clears throat> kind of contrary. Um, so when they do stuff like that, and it's kind of challenging musically. It interests me more than the kind of singing along bits. Yeah. Um, so as a result, my kind of favourite tracks on the album are the ones that have either no singing or very little. So just bang, uh, which doesn't have a lot in it, and um, reflection, which is straight after that, which is perhaps the most orbital sounding mm. track on the album. Is possibly why I like it the most, mm. uh, and interestingly, uh, I think there's that. And I think I think Taste of Honey, which comes after after that, which yep. are the only, the only three tracks where they're the only writers, yeah, and they haven't got anybody else chipping in. Those are the ones I actually probably like best on the record. Um, however, there's lots of singing on it, lots of inter interesting interesting stuff. Some good pop starts off with sometimes I feel so uh, deserted, and then goes into Go, which are two good, you know. Pop EDM tracks. Yeah. Uh, you know, sure there'll be lots of people going out and buying them as singles, if you can still buy stuff as singles these days on downloads. Uh, and then later on in the album, uh, the it ends with a rather lovely ballad, uh, Wide Open, which has uh, Beck providing the vo vocals for it. Uh, also with, on vocals, guest vocal wise, Annie Clark, otherwise known as uh, St. Vincent. Crops up on uh, which is the track she's on? Under neon lights. Under neon lights. Yeah. Which is which I've warmed to. Yeah. Having having annoyed me to start off with. Bizarrely, the track that sounds more like her is actually the title track, which has a uh, Kate LeBon singing on it. Um, that it's also one of my favourite tracks on the album actually, but that actually sounded to me more like yeah. St Vincent. Although it also was also bizarre. There was a strange kind of Joy Division echoes echoes of Joy Division going on in the kind of way that's kind of sounded yeah. and was constructed as well, which I quite liked. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think there's, I think there's, I'll ignore, I'll let you mention the Noel Gallagher bit. Uh, <laughs> so overall, yeah. overall, over, overall, I'm positive about it. So again, there's, there's, enough, there's enough here to, to keep me listening. And even the tracks that I'm not as keen on, there's a, the instrumentation's interesting enough and arrangement's interesting enough to make me wait for the track that I do like. Yeah. Okay. My point was going to be, uh, separate to your point, I guess, um, that actually, and I disagree with something you said, ooh, a disagreement, um, that actually I think that with the exception of a couple of tracks which I'll come to, um, this album actually feels less like 
one of their classic albums and actually feels like a modern 2015 record. Um, certainly the first four tracks, um, yes, they do reference EDM. I guess there's only so much EDM you can reference <laughs> without sounding like another year. But actually, I, well, feel, I, feel, this, I feel this is a very current record. Um, I was thinking of, again, and it's been troubling me for months, as you know, the Prodigy album that we... Review. That troubled me, yeah. That troubled you. It, I, it's troubled me. I've been more positive about it recently. But but for me, the difference here is that both bands rode to quite considerable success around a similar time. Um, the Prodigy are still kind of stuck in turn of the century, maybe 2002, sort of electro-clash land where they, where they landed after Fat the Land. <coughs> Excuse you. Um, whereas I think Chemical Brothers have continued to evolve, and I think it's maybe that that sort of more classical element that you mentioned that, that, that enables them to do that. So the first four tracks for me could have been an album, any album from 2015 that was a good EDM album. You know, not necessarily a Chemical Brothers album. And yeah, completely agree with what you're saying around Just Bang, Reflection, and so on. I also really liked Radiate and Wide Open. I thought as a couplet, they were two great tracks to bring the album back down. Yes, guitar in Radiator as well. Mm, exactly. I, I, you know, that for me, that just fit. The thing that jars with everything I've just said, of course, is that middle track, I'll See You There, where they do a classic slice of the Chemical Brothers, My Private Psychedelic Real Setting Sun, Let Forever Be with Noel Gallagher. You know, it's, it's that. Yeah. I, I didn't like that because I was just like, this is unnecessary. You've really set this album up as a, as a brilliant Chemical Brothers album in 2015, as I've said, and, and then you go and do that. Yeah, yeah, I didn't like that. I didn't like that at all. Uh, that just took me straight back to 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 yeah, and I thought oh, this is about third or fourth time we've heard this. Um, so yeah, when I originally played that, I had I was playing it. I was playing it on Spotify on the on the, mm. on the computer, and I actually thought I'd made the mistake of just choosing the Chemical Brothers as an artist rather than an individual album, and it had jumped yeah to back that, to that track, nineteen ninety six or whatever. Yeah. Um, so so whereas with Veruca Salt didn't mind that at all yeah it can be contrary it's fine <laughs> i can be contrary <laughs> chemical brothers didn't didn't like it so so that sort of took me out of the flow a little bit uh, and jarred but other than that i think this is a really good album one last thing i will say yeah, go on. Yeah. i still prefer the black mass album yes without a doubt best electronic album we've listened to this year is the is the black mass album which I listened to again only yesterday. There you go. Just wanted to get that in there before yeah. before we praise them too highly. Yeah, by a long way. Uh, right, I think that's that's us for this particular podcast. I will say that the Jason Isbell is my favourite album of the month. Okay. Um, and that coming in podcast eight, this one's been t- this one's been difficult, kids. Uh, it's really annoying when lots of people release albums in September. Yeah. So, coming up in podcast day, <laughs> Frank Turner, Positive Songs for Negative People, doing that one for Spencer, because he, he said, can you review the next Frank Turner album? Okay, yes, Spencer. we can. Yes, we can. Consider Chelsea Wolfe, Abyss. Mm. Uh, then we do two rap albums that have uh, both recently come out. Uh, new Public Enemy album, Man Plans, God Laughs, and Ghostface Killer, Adrian Young Presents 12 Reasons to Die 2. We then have Wilco, Star Wars. Not looking to catch in there. Yeah. And, I know you've been waiting for this one, there's a new Foles album out. What went down? <laughs> Can a band that have 
constantly annoyed me. Make a record where I kind of go, wow, this is really fucking good. Knowing my luck, yes, they can. It's out on 28th of August. We'll find out next podcast. Look forward to that. Um, one final thing from me. Uh, oh, you've named your favourite album. I don't think I can. Uh, obviously, You're torn. I'm, I'm not really torn. In a Nathalie and Brugge kind of way. Uh, she's back, by the way. Um, D- Jason Isbell wins on the, the, the country and rock side of things. Uh, obviously, Veruca Salt, also enjoyable. And I did like the Tame Impala and Chemical Brothers record, so I, I, I'm not going to pick a winner this time. So basically just the two you didn't name? Yeah, the two I didn't name... And that's unfair to one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, just, just buy all the uh, buy or download all the albums except for the Joy Williams one. <laughs> is essentially what we're saying. Yeah. All right, I'll go with Jason. Fine, I'll agree with you. <laughs> Until next time. <laughs>